Amen. As I was studying for uh, this past Sunday's message, I came across something while I was studying that kind of got my attention, and it really preoccupied me to a level that I almost lost focus on my original study. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to share something with you. You know, for a long time, a long while, whenever I was asked to, to speak like this, I always had a sense of an overwhelming sense of inadequacy. And, and you know, I, I would think to myself, you know, how can I get up there and talk about a subject that I, that I haven't mastered? How, how can I talk to folks about things that I'm good at? And uh, so, you know, I shared that with some of the pastor friends on, on Monday, and they all told me the same thing. And they, they said, well, you know, Keith, if that was really a requirement, then none of us could really talk about anything. And, and I, I know they're right. I know they're right. But, but still, still, they, they are some things, some themes, always feel unqualified to speak on. And, and tonight, is, tonight is one of them. Yet, you know, there's always a yet or a but. Yet, some things, I believe, are so important that we, that we dare not leave them out. Now, so that brings us to our thoughts for tonight. And, and I say thoughts because that's what it really is. It's just some thoughts. Now, I know that all of you came here with bated breath, with great anticipation, expecting an hour-long sermon. Well, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, that's not what this is. Now, one day, with, with the Lord's help, that I might develop this into a real sermon. But it's, it's not there yet. So what, are your, what you're getting tonight is just a, some preliminary thoughts. And to be honest with you, uh, the, these thoughts are not even, uh, not even that uh, well organized. But I would start with a question. And the question, it is a question that I have already asked myself. Do you have a passion for lost souls? Now I'm not talking about a general concern and I'm not talking simply about acknowledging that lost people do exist. I'm talking about a deep, deep desire to see lost people come to Jesus. Do you? And if you do, what does that look like? Now, I think any time that we talk about leading people to Jesus, that it would be wise for us to think about some qualifying factors. Now, what are they? Well, first of all, we must have the assurance of our own salvation. Now, how can we expect to lead others to Jesus if we have not experienced his saving grace in our own lives? Secondly, we must be living a separated and dedicated Christian life. Not that we live sin-free, not that we don't make mistakes, but other people must see that Jesus is center in our own life. When people look at your life, do they see Jesus? When people look at my life, do they see Jesus? Or do they just see Keith, the fat retired guy working in his wood shop, you know, taking his grandkids fishing? I hope, I hope they would see more than that. And thirdly, we must rely on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, if we are to lead others to Jesus, we must do it within the framework of the Holy Spirit. 
if we try it without that anointing and we get in the flesh, then we're probably, well, not, not probably, then we're going to, absolutely, we're going to mess it up. Now, I think those three things are all things that we could agree on as being fundamental in the ministry of witnessing to other people. But there's more to it than that. There is something else that we all need. In fact, it is something that we must have if we are to be effective soul winners. And that is really what I would like to talk about in the time that we have left. But first, let's read our scripture. Our scripture is found in Matthew chapter 9, uh, starting with verse 35, and we'll read through, uh, I believe, verse 38. Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous. I can't pronounce that right. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Now, when was the last time when was the last time? Or have you ever looked around at the lostness in this world and been really, really moved with compassion? Now, I'm not talking about some emotional experience because you see the physical needs of somebody. Now, don't misunderstand me. All those things are important, and we should be responsive to the physical needs of the hurting people around us. But, you know, we tend to be pretty good at that. Now, I told you earlier that this is not very refined. And I really only have a couple of thoughts. Now, I know that sometimes, according to my family, that I have a way of sounding gruff. Uh, you know, even some might say even mean-spirited. Now, I don't try to. It just kind of comes out that way. Uh, but, but I want you to remember... I'm just trying to get us all to do a little critical thinking. Now, Jesus told Peter and his brother Andrew over in the book of Matthew, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Are you a fisherman of men? Or are you just standing on the bank cutting bait? You know, not willing to get your feet wet, not willing to get out there on the waves, not willing to take any chances. You know, it's easy, it's easy to put a few dollars in a plate so somebody else can go to Guatemala and build a house. You know, it's easy to put some toothpaste and soap in a box and send it halfway across the world and call it good. You know, now, please, don't misunderstand me. Uh, we should be doing all those things. We should be doing all those things even more than we are. But are we doing them without seeing the greater need? Are we blind or indifferent to the utter lostness of those around us? Do we see the world as Jesus sees it? Lost sheep wandering in darkness without a shepherd, without a shepherd to guide them. You know, some will say, well, I'm not really good at that. Uh, you know, the Lord really hasn't given me the, the, the gift of talking to, about Jesus to people. You know, I, I'm just going to let somebody else uh, worry about that. 
I'm not talking about a gift. I'm not talking about something that you're good at. I'm not talking about something that you're comfortable with. I'm talking about a commandment from Jesus himself. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 29, uh, 19, he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now these verses, or that verse, is one of the cornerstones of our Baptist faith. It's what we're founded on. But do we believe it? Do we act upon it? Do we live it? Or are we just giving it lip service? Now we all could come up with an excuse while we don't witness to the lost. And we could list some of them and we could talk about them at great length. But that's not what I'm gonna do. Now I really just have a couple more thoughts. But if we do not somehow develop a passion if we do not somehow become broken and see those that are standing with one foot in eternity, standing there naked and alone without Jesus, doomed, doomed to a sinner's hell, if we do not see that, if we do not feel that within our heart, if we are not moved by that, then there's something wrong with our spirit. There is, there's just something wrong. We, we need to do some soul searching. We need to examine our own lives. John Henry Jowett, a preacher from Britain from the 1800s, he said this. He said, the gospel of the broken heart demands the ministry of bleeding hearts. We can never heal the needs that we do not feel. We must bleed if we would be ministers of the saving blood. Now, I wish I knew how to get there. I wish I bled more for those around me. I wish my heart was breaking for the countless souls that'll be lost forever. I heard a story, this is a true story. A preacher told it, you know, preachers never lie. But he told a story about a guy that was in his church and was a godly man. He, he'd been saved many years and he was a, a very re, well-respected man, uh, been involved in the church for a long time. But this man was dying and he knew that he was dying and the pastor knew that he was dying. And the pastor went to see him one day and the, and the guy told his pastor, he said, Pastor, uh, I, I'm not afraid to die. He said, I've been saved a long time. He said, I know when I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. He said, no, no, I'm not afraid to die. But then he started to tear up. And he said, I'm not afraid to die. He said, I'm ashamed to die. He said, I've been saved most of my life. And when I stand before Jesus, I'll stand there alone. Nothing to put before his feet. I pray that's not us. The song, I'd never heard it before. Perhaps many of you have, I don't know. But I found it today, and I, I'm not going to sing it. You'll be happy about that. But I would ask that you pay close attention to the verses. I, I, probably many of you have heard it, I, but I never have. It says, must I go and empty-handed 
Thus my dear Redeemer meet, not one day of service give him, lay no trophy at his feet? Must I go in empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with him, not one soul which wished to greet him. Must I empty-handed go? Not, a, not at death I shrink nor falter, for my Savior saves me now. But to meet him empty-handed, thought of that now clouds my brow. Oh, the years of sinning wasted, could I but recall them now. I would give them to my Savior, to his will I'd gladly bow. O ye saints, arouse, be earnest. Up and work while yet till till day. Ere the night of dark death overtake thee, strive for souls while still you may. Are are you striving? Are are you striving for souls? Are you just muddling, muddling through life, content with your own salvation? Everyone in this building that has been born again is a product of somebody else's effort. Some preacher, some Sunday school teacher, some friend or some family member, somebody has strived for your soul. No doubt with tears in their eyes, they've strived for your soul. Are you striving for souls? You know, 50 years from now, none of us will be here. 25 years from now, most of us will not be here. Next year, some of us might not be here. But one thing is sure, one day we will all stand before the one who poured out his blood to the one who died on the cross, not just for you, not just for me, but for all mankind. Now, are we going to meet him empty-handed? Or are we going to carry somebody with us? Now, that's just some thoughts. Just some thoughts, folks. And I don't have anything else. And if anybody's got anything they'd like to say, you know, now would be a good time to say it, I guess. I know that was a short thing, and uh, it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing for me also. But uh, if not, nobody got anything, I'm going to ask Brother Charlie, Uncle Charlie, to dismiss us.